Lamentations 3, 19 through 24. Would you stand as I read uh, these verses? Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in him. Heavenly Father, we ask that you change us every day. Your love is new every morning. Change us even this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we serve an awesome God. We serve an absolutely awesome God who is always faithful. And I'm so thankful that the Lord uh, loves me so much that, that he ha has shown me continuous hope and continuous mercy. And he continues to just show me that love in spite of who I am. As I talked to Dominique over the last week about the baptism, and I, I, I could see that she was thankful for the hope, the grace, the love of Jesus Christ. As I studied these verses in the book of Lamentations, I felt like I could almost hear the prophet Jeremiah will say that he wrote it, crying out to God. Just crying out. You know, this book is, is telling us about the horrible destruction and, and the loss of life, the starvation after they were sieged, and, and, and it's just really digging in, and we're seeing at the heart as he laments in this poetic process Sometimes I find myself doing that. Do you find yourself doing that? Where you're going to God and you're saying, wow, why has this happened? Woe is me, woe is me. This is tough. Life is tough. But yet, you continue to praise God through it. Today we start a mini-series, a nine-week mini-series called In God We Trust. In God We Trust. Jacob, can you go to the previous slide? Nine different messages. We don't normally go in topical messages like this. Occasionally we do. This is a break from our uh, book of Acts that we've been digging into. We're going to pick, pick up Acts uh, again and continue on from there. But we're going to talk about topics like God's provision. God knows why. We trust him because of what he has done for us. Riches will fail us. Your time is a terrible thing to waste. We trust God by giving back. And today we're going to talk about just an absolutely beautiful topic. God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. 
Some of these messages are going to be talking about money, kind of like the image you see on the screen there. But, but in the end, the whole thing is about making sure that we aren't lifting other things, including money, above the King of Kings. That our complete focus in life as individuals, as people that want to worship God purely and wholeheartedly, that it's all about Him. It is in God we trust. It's not money. It's not technology. It's not our boss. It's not our spouse. It's not our children. It's not even the people inside the church that we share our ultimate trust, our ultimate um, love and compassion because we know that there's only one that will never fail us, and that is God. That is God. As I read these verses, I see the Lord calling us to three different things. Very simplistic message today, yet I hope that you will take something something from it that the Lord has for you. I, my goal is that the Lord will work in our hearts and through these words and through other scriptures that I share that we can be humbled. Because that's always the goal. How can we be humbled before our Heavenly Father? Well, the first thing that I see that our Lord is calling us to is to recognize the condition of our lives. We need to recognize what in the world is happening in our lives, who we are. Life is tough. Life is difficult at times. Sometimes harder, depending on the season. Sometimes things are a little bit easier. You know, our Lord knows at firsthand how difficult life is. I think of the life of Job. You guys remember the story of Job? In one day, he got four different messages about, about his servants and his livestock and, and his children, his ten children. And he lost them all to, to people, to invaders and to natural catastrophes. And then on top of that, he starts getting sick and boils. And yet, he praises God. He says, I will not curse him, even though his wife told him to. Life can be difficult. Maybe you were told about a cancer situation. Maybe your adult child won't ever talk to you, doesn't want to visit. Maybe you found out that you're going to lose your house, lose the farm. Maybe you, you were just told that your spouse is leaving you. Seven years ago, a good friend of mine was sitting in front of a doctor, sitting right next to, to his wife who was pregnant, 
with their fourth child. And as he sat there in front of the doctor after multiple tests, the doctor said, I am so sorry, but you have Lou Gehrig's disease. Life is tough. And you know, sometimes, sometimes that can lead to depression. Depression is, is rampant in many different forms. It shows its ugly face in many different ways within groups and in individuals. And it happens to people that do not love the Lord, and it happens to people that are compassionate and love Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 reminds us, though, of the love of our God, understanding our condition. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Endurance. That's the key endurance the escape and the capacity to endure know that he's got you in this season of testing he's got you in this season but he won't make it beyond your ability to endure because he is faithful there are a lot of things happening in your life understand what's going on in your life god loves you tremendously in spite of all of those conditions i, I was thinking about jeremiah and, and, and as he's, as he's, Jerusalem's under siege here and, and, and there all, all kinds of uh, terrible stuff is happening around him, I wonder if he thought back to Abraham. And he thought back and he, and he thought of the promise that God had given. And he thought, wow, are you going to take this pain away from us? The pointing of the, of the Messiah coming. Was that his reflection? Life is difficult, and, and sometimes there, there's situations that, that are depressing. But I also want everyone to remember, I want each of you, including myself, to remember that sometimes life is the way it is because of our disobedience. Because we disobey. And you know what? There's a lot of different results that happen when you disobey God, when I disobey God. There are a lot of cause and effects that just happen. I think of the confusion that took place when, when, when the people were building the Tower of Babel. The conflict that comes in our life when we're fighting against the Holy Spirit that's dwelling inside of us. Disobedience is always costly. When we don't do the right thing in the right time and in the right way, we're going to experience loss at some point in our lives, emotionally, physically. Many times that's when we disobey God. Regret, pain. Sometimes our disobedience even brings on disasters. No doubt our disobedience to God 
will cause us to be disciplined by God Almighty. We have to recognize the condition of our lives. We have to recognize that condition. That's part of the humbling process in our lives, to recognize what's happening in our life every day. Second, the Lord is calling us to remember his compassion. To remember his compassion. Back to our scripture for today, it says, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in him. God's compassion for you and me, it is ongoing. It is ongoing. And his mercies absolutely never come to an end. We wake up the next day and, and his love and compassion for us is as full as it was the day before. And that's the greatest thing about serving God, that we can know that, that his love just never changes. That's my issue as a husband. That's my issue as a, as a father, is that my love changes depending on the situations. Now, I can tell you, I love my family unconditionally. And I think you would agree with that. That's probably true. But you know what? My love does change. I, I, I've, I've said it dozens of times. Sherry and I, we've been married almost 21 years now. And I'll say, honey, I love you more today than I have ever. Okay? And that's, that's true in my finite mind. I'm sure you're saying that to your spouse too. But you know what? God's love isn't more than he has ever loved us because he loves us abundantly, infinitely, and it never changes. Even when I'm not smart. So if I'm not smart and I do something that sometimes husbands do, can Sherry's love change for me? Maybe. In our earthly way. But you know what? I fail my Lord so much and yet he loves me compassionately the life of your pastor who's standing before you is not one of godliness not one of, of just pure study and worship through my life it's been sin and selfishness cheating, lying that's, that's the man that's standing before you The mercy of God, the compassion of God. I was a sophomore in, at Newark High School. We were over at a friend's house, a whole bunch of sophomore kids at the house. And, and they, had, they had all this exercise equipment in there, and, and, and I, I was crazy. 
I mean, I just, I took risks all the time. I, 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 had, I wasn't in love with Jesus Christ at the time. But I kind of just was off the wall nuts. Kind of like Timbadol. <laughs> and so this one exercise thing had these long bars to it that would come off, which I figured out how to get off, and it extended. Well, I took that off, and there's a whole group of people, boys and girls, from our class there. And I started working my martial arts. So you can imagine, <laughs> Brandon is enjoying this. And I'm working my martial arts, doing all kinds of techniques. And then a girl stood up. And as the, as the girl stood up, my martial arts techniques took me, and that metal pole that was solid metal started heading towards her head. Her name was Melissa, I'm pretty sure. I remember the moment like it was yesterday because it was life-changing, but I don't remember the girl, but I think it was Melissa. We'll call her Melissa. So as the bar was heading towards her head, everything started going in slow motion at that moment. You see, as a kid, I watched way too many movies. Way too many movies. And I knew, at least from my mind that was molded from these movies, that if I hit somebody in the head really hard, especially in the temple, that I could not only injure them severely, but I could potentially kill them. That is all playing out in this one second moment of time. So as the bar is going, and it's going in slow motion, I'm thinking about this, and Melissa turns her head, and the bar catches her right here, perfectly in the temple. But somehow, by the pure grace of God, I pulled away at the exact same time I was in full speed martial arts move. And as I pulled away, I saw just a tiny thing of blood come down her head. She didn't even know she was hit. She wasn't injured. There wasn't anything. I, I couldn't believe it. And I thought to myself, and I've thought many times, what if that all played out differently? What if she would have got injured or killed? How would God have used me in that process? That moment, I really changed. I still wasn't a believer in Jesus Christ at that moment. It wasn't until a year later. But that moment changed me because I stopped taking those risks. I stopped jumping off of roofs into pools and, and uh, climbing random things or, or sitting on top of cars while they're driving or, or all of those other shenanigans that some foolish guy might do. I really stopped. And even to this day, I am the paranoid parent making sure everyone's kind of safe. What if I would have 
not had that experience? Would I have done something foolish to myself or to someone else later on? I am just thankful for the mercy that God gave me at that one moment. And you could go down the line thinking of, of so many different scenarios and situations where God has been compassionate and merciful to you. And so many times, so many ways, you have no idea what they are. And you will never know. It's like the parent who does all kinds of stuff for their kids that they have no idea about. And you get no thank you. You get no love for it. But we do it because we love our children. And that is God to us. And he loves us infinitely more than we love our own children. And we continuously look at him and say, yeah, thanks. Thanks for today. But God is faithful. He's compassionate. And he shows great mercy. I think about my friend Rocky. The one with ALS. Seven years he's been living with this condition. If you want, I, I think you should. I have a website called mysportswire.com where I do the broadcast that I do. On that front page, well, there's a picture of Dylan on that front page. He just scored 1,000 points as a high school basketball player. But there's a video, a 10-minute video of Rocky Mitchell and I interviewed Rocky. As he lays in his bed and has only functionality in his neck and above where he's able to control that stuff. Lays in the bed day in and day out. I drove past his house yesterday going to pick up Molly at Lisbon grade school. They live over by Lisbon. And I thought to myself, I'm just freely driving past. I've been to Helmer. I've been over to Lisbon. I've been to my house. I've been to Moore's. I've been, I'm doing kind of whatever I want. And Rocky just lays there, day in and day out. But in the interview, I ask him the question, and he, can, he answers by, through his eyes to the computer, and the computer speaks for him because he can't speak anymore. And I asked him, what is the message? What can you share with the young men playing basketball? Because he was a super awesome basketball player 25 years ago when we were seniors. And he said, I love my life. The Lord has been faithful. Gives me opportunities to share and do devotions with my children. And I thought, that... Sometimes we look at situations and we say, oh, man, I wish, I wish God would, would heal him. And I bet he does too. He would love to get up and, and run around and, and pick up his little beautiful kids that he has. Some of them aren't little. They're six foot three. But he would love to, to love on them and run with them and, and shoot hoops with them. But yet he's finding glory in what we see as not a blessing, 
but it still is. And you know, sometimes we live our life where we're like, wow, God is, is so good because, and then we fill in the blank of something good that from our vantage point. Steve and I were having this conversation on Wednesday night. But you know, sometimes it is the, the horrible things that are happening in our life, and those are the things we give praise to God for. I bet Pastor Dave has seen hundreds of people who are in prison and are praising God that they're in prison because they have come to know Jesus Christ while there. They aren't happy with their decisions in the past, but they praise the Lord that he is merciful, he is compassionate, no matter what. That is the God we serve. That's the God I want you to, to think about all the time. That he is just absolutely compassionate. We need to recognize the condition of our lives. Take stock. Understand who you are. We need to, to understand the beauty and the compassion that, that God, uh, the type of God we serve. He is the God. He is the holy God. He is Yahweh. And third, our Lord is calling us to recall the choices that he has provided. The all-powerful, the all-knowing, the God of the universe, he gives you and he gives me opportunities to make decisions. We are not blindly serving God. He gives us those opportunities. We have to remember, though, we need God's help. Psalm 86.1 says, Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. I looked at my wallet when I was writing this message. I had a little over $30 cash in that wallet. I had a debit card that has a positive bank account. I have a Target gift card and a Walmart gift card. I don't know how much is on that Walmart gift card. I am a very rich man from the world standpoint. I've got a lot of financial stability from the world's vantage point. And yet, this psalm reminds me that I am absolutely poor, I'm absolutely in need, because I have to have the Lord. That's where my value comes in. It's from the Lord. When I'm serving in Ethiopia, and I'm loving on the people, Man, I am the multimillionaire white man from America, fringe, as they call me. And everybody wants a piece of it because I have the cash. And I can buy them food. I can buy them happiness. I can buy them anything. But I want to throw all that away at times. Give them a little piece of bread. Let's enjoy some bread together, and let's talk about the one who can, who can give us unlimited riches. Unlimited. 
And that's Jesus Christ. Psalm 119, 133 says, Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. It is God that is keeping us from walking away from him. It's with his help. That's the beauty of it. He is actually helping us, guiding us. We, we, have, to, we have to get disciplined. And that's hard to do. We have to get disciplined in how we are uh, serving God. You know, when, when, when you first start dating that special someone in your life, you do anything and everything to connect with them. Nowadays, they text, they Snapchat, they email. No, they don't email anymore. They, they do anything and everything, and they don't call each other anymore. We'll go back to my day. I would make phone call after phone call, and I'd look on our caller ID, that white little caller ID. Some of you may still have one of those. And I'd see James Johnson, James Johnson, James Johnson, well, that's Sherry's stepdad, his name on our caller ID. And I remember that I'd have to keep deleting those just because it would always fill it up. And my parents would be always like, hey, we, we need to see who's calling. And, and it's always Sherry calling. Because that's how we communicated kids in the old days. We would call the house. But we constantly were connecting with each other. We would write notes to each other. We would go get some pizza at a restaurant and look at each other and talk. But you know what? We did anything and everything to spend time with one another. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father has to be way above that. We have to do anything and everything to spend time with Him. What are we doing? Are we doing that? We serve a faithful God who is there to love us and show compassion. He will judge us. He will discipline us. He will correct us. He will guide us. Get disciplined in your, in your study of God's word. Spend time getting on your knees and praying, having that conversation, sitting. That, that's like sitting at the Pizza Hut looking face to face. You're talking. And then stop and listen. And commune with, with brothers and sisters in Christ. Celebrate the love of Jesus Christ. Psalm 16.1 says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. In you I take refuge. You and I have a choice. You can go, go on in this life all by yourself. You could say, forget about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to do what's right for me in this season right now. And I'm not going to worry about the rest of the stuff. I got it all taken care of. Sometimes I figured out that teens do that. They've got it all figured out. I'm sure I did too. I had it all figured out. 
I was telling somebody the other day, I was 35 years old when I realized I had no idea. It took me until 35. I believed I knew everything and had control of everything and, and could do anything and was smarter than basically everybody else until I was 35. Then I realized I had no clue. And every day, every year, I realized more and more that I have no idea. And as I dig into scripture more and more, as I study God's word, I realize it even more. Because, because he continues to reveal himself in beautiful ways. And I realize, wow, I didn't, I didn't understand that or I didn't know that. Some of you have been digging into God's word for, for a couple more years than I've been alive. And I, I'm here to tell you that, that God will continue to reveal himself to you. Will continue to show you his love and compassion in beautiful ways. And, and don't try to do this on your own. Take refuge in God. God wants us to absolutely fully recognize what's going on in our lives. How are we acting? What are we saying? What are we doing? What aren't we doing? He wants us to be evaluating every single day. Every day. And you know what? This is a problem that long-time Christians have. This is a problem, and I'm calling you out on it, and I'm calling me out on it. We get desensitized. You guys have heard that word. We talk about that with TV shows and, and that type of stuff, with the, with the killing or action stuff that happens on TV. I think it's in our own life. I think some of us, we get desensitized to whatever that little tiny sin is. Whatever that thing that's going on in our life, we, we just stop looking at it. Ah, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with that, I'll deal with no, God wants us to think about it and, and get, get down on our knees and, and beg that, please, heal me from this. I have talked to many people over the years who have just been struggling with something super tiny. And that has been eating them alive. And the Holy Spirit continues to remind them, this is not right. And yet, it's not fully dealt with. I heard somebody say that, that if you look at a clock and, and you see noon, and noon is, is living perfectly for God, worshiping him perfectly. And, and then they, they said they would ask somebody, what, what, would it, what would Satan want you to do? And, and the person would answer, I want they, to point at 6 o'clock, straight opposite. And the guy said, no, no, no. I want you just off, just to the right, or just to the left just a tiny bit off. So you kind of look like a Christian, but you're off, and that will continue on, and then all of a sudden you're farther and farther and farther away from being right with God. I don't know about that theology, but the point sticks to me, is that I need to be taken, I think I use this word already, stock in what is going on in my life, and ask God to please continue to reveal those things and I think that's important, too, that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is revealing things in my life that cause me to, to stumble or cause me to not be in, in tight communion with my Holy Father. 
Don't get complacent. And once you've done that, remember that you serve an absolutely compassionate God. There are people who have fallen, who have murdered, who have uh, done drugs. There are people who have uh, attempted suicide. There are people who have done all kinds of heinous things. And yet, they have come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that anyone here has done any of those things. But no matter what you've done, we serve a compassionate, merciful God that wants to forgive you, wants to love you, wants you to come to him. No matter what, Jeremiah recognized that. He recognized that. And finally, know that God has provided a lot of choices for you. And, and, and those choices are for you, provided by God. Those aren't choices that your mom and dad gave you. Those aren't choices that the church has given you. You are the one who has to choose them. You are the one who has to, has to desire to, to serve Jesus Christ, to serve at his pleasure. We've been talking about that, serving at the pleasure of the king. That is what our desire is. It is in God we trust. And it's in God alone. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is you who we serve. It is you who we desire to love ultimately. Yes, please uh, give us the ability to love others uh, with great compassion and great care, great desire. But it's you that we desire to be ultimately in love with to ultimately serve, to bow down to you, to humble ourselves before you. May you be exalted in all that we do, in all that we say. May, may your mercy abound in our lives. We need it, God, and we are so thankful. We're thankful that, that it was your great desire to send Jesus Christ as the one who could provide us life and forgiveness. Thank you for Jesus' life and his, his death, his resurrection, the ascension. Thank you. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray.